Hi, I'm Bryn Thompson. This is the Coburn Ventures podcast. It's for our clients, for investors, for our community of industry leaders, fellows, and friends. This is a group that loves the craft of investing, studies change, is dedicated to business analysis and leadership, and all that's behind the scenes of that work. I hope you enjoy it. We're back today with Gavin Ivester, who we got to talk to last month about caring and what companies are asked to do to become a truly modern company. Today, we dive in on Gavin's most recent thoughts on emerging marketplaces of a very distinct flavor. These communities are springing up organically around the world and fix themselves around an extremely personalized or customized preference like flying planes or youth ice hockey. What is going on here? Let's jump in. Well, we're talking about little ripples growing into big waves. And you said something about the emergence, potentially, or the emergence that you see in specialized communities. And that, even the word, like, okay, got it. And you gave a couple examples, and I could see the proliferation of whatever the specialized community thing being. So I wanted to dive into that. You gave an example of runways and uh, a small group of private runway owners as one, which sounds very highfalutin at one level, but then you quickly said, no, this in quotes elite status doesn't have to be about money or anything that people can form and will form specialized communities at a growing, perhaps phenomenal rate over the next 10 years. I just wanted to play with a little bit of that. We also started with, this started from, you no longer need to work, live where you work. And that opens up a lot of different types of freedoms. Yeah, and if I can back up a little bit and that there were kind of three observations coming together to form what might be uh, a little too grand to call it might be a little too grand to call it a prediction, but um. I was thinking this is known as Ivester's rule. Is that too much, or is that okay? A strong, Pip. A little too strong, but it it was. Um, so you you just touched on one of them. Uh, I think through the pandemic, we've seen a radically higher flexibility uh, for to work from different locations. So I think that relationship between you know living. Uh, or that, that, how do I say this? The requirement to live where you work, I think has been broken for a lot of people. Um, and, uh, and by, and side note, you know, there were some exceptions pointed out where, you know, it's somebody on that call said, um, you know, you're talking very white collar, uh, knowledge worker when you say that, but as, manufacturing fragments because it can be one-offs printed close to your, you know, close to the consumer's home. Um, I think it's going to go beyond just uh, knowledge work, you know, type careers. Uh, but Gavin, they, Gavin, I'll also throw in right now, yeah. we have a bit of a crisis of supplying people for the restaurant industry. So while you have to live near the restaurant, you can move anywhere in the United States and get a restaurant job if you're good. You could live yes, anywhere exactly. you want. And so it isn't yep. just a white collar thing. Now you better be good at what you're doing or you know, really a, a huge supply shortage, but 
that flexibility is pretty wide from college students to restaurant workers to people rethinking where they want to live because you know there's yeah. been a year gap. Well, and I think over that year, basically, people have said, uh, okay, I get to choose where I live and then choose where I work um, there, as opposed to choose where I work and then move near that. And so, you know, you've seen a migration out of cities and to lesser populated states or to smaller cities and real estate prices have, have reflected that, et cetera. So that's, that's thing number one. Thing number two is um, media and social media have already created these incredibly sophisticated algorithms to supply you exactly what you want. And so people are forming into communities, sometimes without even being aware of it, but they're, um, they're able to see the world through a lens that's pleasing to them and, uh, and maybe emphasizes or overemphasizes their interests. So that's becoming kind of an expectation. It's the norm. And the last thing is, you know, as you pointed out, it's already happening. These communities exist. Um, I did a, a tiny bit of research and looked up, um, uh, what are they called? They're called uh, air, what are they? Air parks. So there's a map of air parks um, in the US and it looks like there's a couple hundred air parks. And these are places that share a runway and share you know, uh, airport facilities and everybody's home has essentially a driveway out onto the runway and a hangar um, in, that's attached to their home. And uh, so it's for you know, private aviators who have their own planes and want those near them. They're able to just kind of you know, poke the plane out of the house and go there. And I, I thought that was you know, a thing that there was maybe three or four of them in the country and there are dozens and dozens. There's another one. Uh, and actually, there's a few of these. Um, there, there are these communities around racetracks, and it's a similar deal. So, you know, you, there's a racetrack that's a shared resource, and you buy, uh, you buy real estate, and you live there. And you've got your race car in your garage, and your garage has a front door out onto the street and a back door out onto the racetrack. And, you know, that's, that's your lifestyle. So, what I kind of envision happening is those, those, three, those things come together and we see new communities around either shared resources or shared beliefs. So, you know, if you think about how crazy people will get sometimes with kids sports, so travel hockey or gymnastics, whole families end up living a lifestyle around one or two kids sport. What if, your family could live at the facility. And by the way, that's another one. Um, there's a giant IMG tennis uh, camp in Florida that's a boarding school that's, I think, $70,000 a year uh, tuition. Um, what if instead of sending your kid away and disconnecting them from the family, your house could be in a tennis community where everybody plays tennis and the level of tennis is ridiculous. The, you know, the instructors are members of the community, the courts are in the center of the block of homes, blah, blah, blah. So that's sort of the idea. And so, you know, I think 
again, just kind of speculating wildly, I think, you know, it's probably going to happen in, in waves. There, there's already some momentum of communities like that forming. There's, there's either going to be, you know, more racetracks or more, uh, more airports, but also maybe some of the communities that have already formed but don't have a community mm -hmm. or don't have sort of a, sort of a real estate driven uh, component to them, I think those will come together. And I think, you know, the other piece to really keep an eye on is um, people joining together around beliefs or value systems. So, you know, church congregations can be quite tight, but the people are distributed all over. And um, I'm sure some of them would like to just live with uh, like-minded people. So that's, I think, another opportunity. And then, you know, second wave will be I think, I think that, you know, it'll just continue to grow. So some of those big communities will scale and you'll see bigger versions of it. And then uh, you'll also see, as people get attracted to the idea, you'll see more specialized, smaller groups start to build communities. So maybe things you wouldn't have thought of, like, <laughs> where's, the where's the Canadian curling community in, you know, in Arkansas? Um, are there enough people who would want to come together around that? You know, who knows? But we've um, we've, uh, we've seen like pockets of that happening more and more and more. Um, I think of so my favorite uh, football team, uh, soccer football, is Arsenal, and yep. now you can go pretty much anywhere in the United States in a major city and watch the game together with about a bunch of other Arsenal fanatics. Yeah. which usually isn't a happy ending, by the way. It usually ends very dourly. But like what I'm hearing is there's almost like communes in the countryside and then in the city is still where you can find a little bit of every one of these communities. You can almost like community hop, right? Today, I feel like I'm wearing my arsenal identity. You know, tomorrow I want to meet up with my curling community on the Lower East Side. <laughs> you know, it's like... I. I wonder how we will shop around. And I wonder if cities will have a, that, that will still be part of the poll, like the identity um, wearing many different identities and the, and then there's a stronger pull for, for communities that are um, more, it's really grabbing a whole lot more of your lifestyle. Your, what I hear is value system, right? If I'm a hockey mom of that sort, that's part of my value that like our whole family is bought into and we want to be around other families that live that way for logistics even, right? Yeah. But yeah. We have a, there's a whole value set that has us live each moment of the day so dedicated to that sport in our life. That's, so it's a level of intensity that they can now find each other and live together and group resources as well. Like that's very functional. And the cities, like be just being around more, that seems to me, it's like a try on lots of identities and live with a lot of identities. It is, but I think also cities have a history of, they've also always had specialized communities as well. And it's usually around nationality or religious beliefs. There have always been communities within cities where like-minded people or people with similar backgrounds gather and, you know, whole neighborhoods will get named after whatever, um, whatever group lives there. So I think 
I can see cities both ways. Um, I hope they stick around as a way to, you know, be amongst the greatest mix of people and sort of shop and sample and uh, and and have a life of multiple identities. Because I personally love variety and I love you know all different kinds of people. I I find energy from being surrounded by just you know a variety of people. Um, but I, the, you know, the sort of the dark side of specialized communities is, you know, do you start to get this uh, even worse version of an echo chamber where, uh, you know, people isolate themselves and, uh, and, and don't maybe act in, in the greater, in the interest of sort of the greater community, I don't know. I was thinking about the levels here, like in that city, now today, if I moved to a small city and they didn't have a bar where the Buckeyes games were showing, now I'd kind of go, wow, what's wrong? <clears throat> like the ability of supply and supply to meet demand and our expectation of online tools and social, all these tools that allow us to quickly, easily find the pop-up. I remember, oh, it was probably 12 years ago, Bryn, when Adam Emmerich and our team would come in each Monday former soccer player and he had just had like three meetup soccer games in you know the last two days type of thing and he's younger than Bryn and I so this was just kind of naturally fluid to him but the expectations that I could be able to pop up into those communities then there's another level of is this our thing being this travel hockey is it that big is tennis that big that we're going to drop mm -hmm. into that echo chamber and commit in a, in a different fashion. It does seem like cities provide that pop-up opportunity to dibble and dabble in, what have you. Yeah. The bigger question Gavin's observations bring up is how deeply will we dive into our own worlds, both physically and digitally? With digital work untethering some workers, making the range of possibilities for where to settle physically, if settle at all, an enormous range. And with digital content and social networks fostering affinity content over divergent ideas, we have two ways in which we're funneling down into customized communities and marketplaces. And this is not new, but the combination of physical forces being able to move to and find communities that have much more precisely what you're looking for, and the digital engine connecting, facilitating, and fomenting this, we might have the seeds for new communities, both physically and digitally supported in a much more comprehensive way. Thanks for listening. <laughs>